Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Cool. You know, even as I was preparing for the message today, I really believe that God um, really has dropped within me this message, and it's just really my privilege. It's really my joy to bring it to you this morning. No, can I just start with this phrase? All of us have heard it before. We we always hear this in church. We say, God says, uh, we always hear it says, God can use you. And God wants to use you. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. Amen. How many times of, do we really believe that? Or is it just, ah, oh, I hear it enough in church. I know the lingo. But can I repeat this again? God wants to use us, wants to use us today. And God can use us today. You know, I, be, I remember when I first discovered this truth, I was like, whoa, I was so amazed. Because I grew up in a more, well, not say traditional, a bit more traditional church. And, uh, Hearing something like that was such a revelation for me, that there was a God out there who believed in me, who believed in my potential, uh, who wants to use me and partner with me to reach out to different ones, to go on advent- crazy adventures with Him. And that's, uh, to me, that was just such a revelation. You know, I, I, was feel, I, know I remember uh, I was going to the church that I was like, God, I'll do anything for you. Anywhere you want me to go, I will do it. Yeah, shouldn't have said that, but, 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 you know, not shouldn't have said that, but, you know, I remember I felt, I was filled with so much joy in my heart, and today I want to bring us back to that place, you know, I believe that God wants us to bring us back to that place where we are filled with that kind of joy again, you know, we should never take serving God as a, as a chore, we should never take the joy, the privilege that God has given us as a chore, it is a privilege, and even when I was praying about it, I felt the Holy Spirit drop within me. You know, many of us, we know the truth. Maybe you hear it enough, you come to church enough times and you hear different pastors say the different things just in different ways, just different styles, different messages. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, but sometimes we, we know the truth, but how come we don't do it? We know the truth that God wants to use us. We know the truth that God has given us assignments for us to do, a mission for us to do, but how come we don't do it? And the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want, us, I, want, I want my church to begin to overcome these excuses. No, I want us to, and these excuses are not just limited to us here in church, just a church setting, but it's every area of our lives as well. You know, I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, there are three excuses that we always give. Well, maybe not y'all, I won't say y'all, me. And I, I always give to God. And I'm going, we want, God wants to say, I want to give you handles. I want my people to have handles, how we can overcome these excuses. The first, time, first thing we always tell God is this, God, it really doesn't matter whether I do it or not. It's true, right? Sometimes we tell God, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, it's, it doesn't matter whether I do it or not. That's the first excuse I always give to God. The second excuse I always say, God... I don't think I'm good enough. There's probably someone else who's more qualified to do it. I always give the excuse to God. And the last excuse that we always give is this, God, or we, maybe we don't tell God that, but in our hearts we think that, say, God, I don't want to give you so much because I'm afraid that I will burn out or I'm afraid that you ask more for me when I give to you. And that always holds us back from giving more to God. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want my people to understand and I want, us, I want to begin to give, I want my people to understand and have handles how can we overcome these excuses in our lives. You know, um, the thing is this, excuses can become our comfort zone. Can I just start off with this? You know, um, the Holy Spirit dropped this analogy in my heart, in my head. It's almost as if Jesus has 
you know, Jesus, you know, we know that Jesus has set us free, right? But it's almost like this, God has uh, opened the prison doors for us already. And we're like, hey, the prison doors are open. Go, go out, go enjoy some fresh air. But because we're so used to our comfort zone, we're so used to the excuses that we've been living in, they were like, God, I kind of like my cell. I know where my bed is. I know where the basin is. I know what time I need to get up. I know what time I need to eat. I know my routine. And we almost are afraid to go out of that prison door. Or maybe we step out for a bit and we're like, I'm not liking this. I like my comfort zone. And that's, that's sometimes when we build our life upon excuses. Sometimes that it comes our comfort zone whether we realize it or not. And the thing about comfort zone is this, right? It's always going to be it's not, we don't, you don't overcome one comfort zone and that's it. Comfort zone is always evolving, evolving. You know, for example, for those of you who are, who just arrived in London a few years ago, I'm sure when you first arrived in London, you hated this city. Okay, not hated lah, but not so pleasant. Well, for me, okay, yeah, I'll use myself, I'll use myself. No, I remember like, I'm like, God, I don't really like, the, I guess I remember when I came in from Sheffield, I love Sheffield because I had so much friends there. I'm like, man, I love it there. I, if I could stay there, I would stay there. I don't want to come to London. When I arrived in London, I was like, gosh, I really don't like this place. It's so noisy. It's so, getting from one place to another takes at least 25 minutes. In Sheffield, it's near, by, nearer. Uh, people in Sheffield are nicer. They actually say hi to you and smile at you. Here, you get a, when you don't walk as fast as you should. And I'm like... Man, God, I really don't like this city. And at that time, I remember I kept thinking, God, I want to go back to Sheffield. I want to go back to Sheffield because I don't like this place. Six months down the road, when I went back to Sheffield again, I'm like, God, yeah, I do miss London. And London has become my comfort zone again. And the thing is this, about, about our comfort zones is this, we always need to be aware of our comfort zone and never get stuck in our comfort zone. Amen? You know, that's why, and I believe these three excuses, it's not going to be a, just a one-off battle we win, but it's going to be a battle, it's going to be excuses that comes up and again throughout our lives. You know, even if you read in Romans 7 verse 15, it says this, Paul says this, I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it myself. Different translation says this, for, I want, for what I want to do, I don't do, but what I have to do, I don't do. It's true, right, in our lives, and sometimes I believe that God today wants us to begin, hey, come on, it's time to stop living in excuses, but it's time to start rising up the different excuses that we have placed upon our lives. Yeah. Amen. The first point is this. The first question, the first excuse is this. I always give God, it's like, God, it really doesn't matter whether I do it or not. It's not a big deal. No, maybe God asks us to do something and we're like, God, it's so stupid. Like, it really doesn't make sense. Why are you asking me to do something like that? And I've given the excuse to God before and we think, to me, like, God, whether I do it or not, no one would know. So it doesn't matter. And I'm like, and, and that's the excuse I give to God. And sometimes we tell, we tell God that, God, why? Why is it so, such a pointless thing that you are asking me to do? And, and if you actually, and I was searching myself deeper, and you actually know what the root cause is? The root cause of actually this excuse is actually pride. Because we think that we're too good for this. We think that, God, I, I don't need to do it. I'm above this. You know, if today God gives you and come and tell you, hey, it's, no, Justin, Justin, I'm going to give you all the healing power. Whenever you go out, whenever you pray for people, you'll be like, people will be healed instantaneously. You will take it, right? You'll be like, yes, God, here I am. Whether I can do it or not, it doesn't matter. Give it to me, God, give it to me. 
But if God say, okay, I'm just using Justin because he's not like that. Uh, but Justin, do something, like wash the heart's toilet. He'd be like, hey, why? And that, that why? Because sometimes, he won't, he won't, he will do it. Whether well or not, I don't know, but he will do it. <laughs> but sometimes we respond differently because we think that certain jobs are beneath us. And it comes down to actually, actually it's a pride issue at the end of the day because we think we're better than certain things that God has asked us to do. You know, I remember when I first started working, right? I graduated, I did my bar exams. I'm like, yay, I got qualified. I got that wore the whole week thing. I'm like, yay. Went to work in a law firm in Malaysia. One of the bigger law firms. I'm like, God, this is it. My chance to go, my chance to whatever. Yeah, at that time, I don't know what I was thinking. First week on the job, went on the job, and they were like, you know how lawyers phrase it really nice that you're doing important jobs, but you're not. Uh, <laughs> they were like, hey, you want you to do some due diligence, we're acquiring some big company, blah, blah, blah. Went on the job, the first job I ever did was photocopying for one whole week. Seven hours a day, one whole week, I literally photocopied. Took the paper out of the file, untick out the staple, copied, punched back the staple, put it back in the file. One whole week, okay, I was like, God, it's really not funny. <laughs> I didn't study the bar exams to do photocopy for one whole week. I'm like, man, what is this? And then when I finished qualifying and I started a new job as a new first-year lawyer, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this chambering thing. I'm like, God, I want to do the big projects. You know, I want to do the time I thought I really wanted to do M&A, merger and acquisition work. So I thought, God, I want to do those projects that come out in the newspapers, things that you read in the business news. Trust me, I didn't get it for three years. <laughs> My first year on the job, I did. Uh, Catherine, this is a free file. We're doing it as a favor for our clients. Free files for like one whole year, six to seven files. And I just reminded, sometimes we have that kind of attitude. And I'm like, man, God, I don't want to do it. I'm like, after a while, I was like, I'm really bored. I don't want to do this type of job. And I really wanted to quit. But I didn't feel the peace out at that time to quit. But sometimes we are like that with God as well. God, we would say that, God, we want to do, God, I want to go on to the big projects but I don't want to start with the small. You know, we, I want to go on to the big work, but I don't want to start with the small. Eventually, when I got the chance to do slightly more bigger work, I realized actually the training that I had in doing the small prepared me for the big. You know, uh, dealing with easier clients on the small, when you deal with harder clients, you'll be like, oh my God, I miss those people. <laughs> but you'll be like, yeah, then God actually prepares you. But sometimes we need to begin to change our view of how we view what God has called us to be. And I believe that God wants to begin, and how we do we address this excuse? The first thing is this. We think that we need to begin to understand that we need to act out, we need to act in obedience in everything that God has called us to do. Whether it's logical or not logical, we need to act out in obedience whatever God has called us to do. You know, if you read throughout the Bible, there are so many stories that God has, God's ways are not the ways that we understand. But all God demands from us is obedience. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just going through the Bible. You know, if you read in 1 Kings 17, verse 10 to 16, it says this, So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Will you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And she was going to get it. He called and, bring, and, he called and said, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. And, he, and as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make that meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. 
Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make me a small cake of bread for me. And make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord, until the day of the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the women and her family. For the jar of flour was just up, was not used up, and the jar of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. See here, we know the miracle, right? But if you go back to verse 10, here, can you imagine this woman was dying? Uh, what's uh, the next slide? Sorry. The next slide already. This woman was actually telling Elijah, I'm going to die. I, I only have very little left. I'm just going to make bread for myself and my son, and that's it. After that, we're just gonna, we don't have anything left. We literally have nothing left. I'm going to die. Can you imagine what Elijah said? No, go and make for me first. If I'm her, I'll be like, oh my God, you're crazy, man. <laughs> I just told you I'm going to die. And, but, yet she, she, but yet she obeyed. You know, she was going to die. She didn't have enough at all, but yet she obeyed. It didn't make sense, really. It didn't make sense at all. But she understood that Elijah was a prophet of God and she understood that she had to obey and in her obedience, her breakthrough came. You know, in her little act of obedience, her, break, her breakthrough came. You know, if you read in Luke 5, verse 5, it says this. Simon answered to Jesus. He said, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you said so, I will let down the, mat, I will let down the nets. You know, if you read about the background to Simon, he has been toiling all night in the sea. He told Jesus, I've caught nothing. And Jesus come and said, let down your nets again. If I'm Pete Simon, I'm like, wow, you must have something about Jesus that made you obey. Because Simon was, Jesus is not a fisherman. I didn't know you from nobody. Fishermen at that time probably know each other. And why you come along and you tell me to go? Why? Why would I listen to you? But yet, in the act of simple obedience, if you read on, in a, in, if you read on a few verses, he caught until the nets could not contain it. No, I believe God is looking for us to have obedience, first of all. Let's not question whether it's a big or small job, whether it's a big or small excitement, but let's begin to begin just to just obey the voice of God. And the other thing is this, even whether it's small or big, I believe God is looking at this. God is looking at our integrity. What does integrity here mean? C.S. Lewis says this, that we, it means doing the right thing even when no one is looking. It's easy to do the right thing when everyone's looking. But it's very hard to do. Sometimes it's easy to not do the right thing when no one's looking. No, uh, for me, because I just started working, right? My boss sometimes comes in late. For me, it's very tempting to come in later when she's not around. Because, and she doesn't really mind. But, you know, for me, it's very tempting to just slack when she's not around. But what is integrity means? Integrity means that I need to work hard whether my boss is around or not. I need to give my best in my work whether my boss is around or not because the word of God says that I work unto God and not unto men. Yeah. And I believe that God is looking, uh, looking for people who act with integrity. In everything that you do, we need to act with integrity. You know, uh, if you read, you know, one person that reminds me who in the Bible that, that talks a lot about integrity this, in this context, if you read the story of Rebecca, you know, Isaac's wife, how she was chosen to be Isaac's wife. This in Genesis 24. Um, at that time, Abraham was living in Canaan and he sent his servant back to his own, uh, own hometown to, uh, to choose a wife for his son Isaac. 
And I believe his servant at that time was like, okay, I'll bring Isaac with me. Then he can choose whoever he wants to marry. And Abraham's instructions were very, very specific. No, don't bring Isaac with you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Then the servant was like, God, but how would I know which girl to choose? Abraham said, you will know. God will direct you. If I'm a servant, I'll be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but he then, the, then the servant told God, God, I will... Um, uh, he, was, he, wa- he went to the village and said, okay, whoever this girl that I will choose for to be, my, uh, to be Isaac's wife, whoever it is, let her ask for me to... Uh, let, she, will, let, she will begin, she will ask me to whether she, I need a drink and she will water my camels or not. And if you read on the Bible, it goes on to say he met Rebecca and Rebecca actually offered him a drink and Rebecca actually offered to even uh, give water to his camels. And he had 10 camels with him, right? He made a long day journey, you know, camels drink a lot of water, right? And if you read, I did some research, a very, very thirsty camel can drink 110 litres of water. (laughs) Yes, it's a camel that's a hump. (laughs) But I was like, whoa, can you imagine, Rebecca, 110 litres for 10 camels. I was like, wow, Rebecca's really fit. (laughs) She's really strong, but... I'm like, why did Rebecca have to do it? Here was it, a stranger that came up to her. She, she, I'm sure they knew people. I mean, why, why did she have to do it? Why did she have to show kindness to a stranger? There was no reason for her. She was not a daughter. She was somewhat her daughter. Her parents were of no bad, no, were rich people. They were not poor. But yet she began to do it out of kindness of a stranger. Whether she did it or not, I don't think her parents will ever know. But because of she acted with integrity during that time. God gave her a husband who loved her and who was very rich. So girls, water your camels. <laughs> but uh, my point is this, come on. Whether it's a small, come on, don't ever look down on a small assignment. Don't ever look down at something that we perceive as small as from God. But begin to act out in obedience. Begin to act out in integrity. Understand that God is looking for people who are integrous. God is looking for people who will do the right thing in the right attitude, whether, he, no one, whether anyone is looking or not. It doesn't matter. Come on, let's just begin to do the right thing. Amen? The second excuse is this, that we always give to people, to God. Well, not to people, to God. To God, we always think this. God, I'm really not good enough. I mean, that's an excuse I've given to God so many times. Uh, God, I, I don't think I'm as capable as this. I don't think I can do it. I'm not as talented at it. We were like, hey, join the worship team. Then we were like, but I can't sing as well as Sam. Or I can't play as well as this. And we always give that kind of excuses to God. You know, but the thing is this, how come, okay, don't, don't, don't kill me, okay? But how come every time we, when we talk about God loving you, you're like, yes, God loves me. We, we talk about God blessing you, we say, yeah, God bless me. We, are, we can receive the love and blessing of God, but how come every time God says, serve him, do something for me, we, tell, we do the flip side, but God, I'm not good enough for you. But how come we are good enough to receive his love? You, you get where, we, where, where am I coming from? You know? We always think that, hey, I'm good enough to receive, but, and the point, and we need to begin to understand that, hey, we, we all battle with different insecure, insecurities. I have done, God, I have battled my own share of self-confidence, I remember when I first got together with Pastor Dave. Yeah, I can talk to you now. Because <laughs> he's not around. <laughs> but I remember like when I first got with him, I'm like, man, I don't think I'm good enough for him. Because he was in full time, he was a pastor. And like, but I'm like, God, but I'm not 
that kind of pastor's wife. I don't want to go to church every day. Sorry, I'm guilty confession. <laughs> but I don't want to be that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not someone who will... I can't preach. I can't worship lead. I'm not that kind of person. And I felt really bad about myself. You know, I see the different pastor's wife. I'm like, God, but they're so talented. They're so good. But me, I like to do so. I like to do... I don't want to go on stage. I don't want to chair. But and I felt terrible about myself compared to him. Of course, he never made me feel that way, so please don't look at him differently. <laughs> but he never made me feel, but I felt that way about myself. And I felt like, Kat, you're not good enough. You're not good enough for him. What makes you think that you're equal partner to him? Because if you read about the Bible, talks about being equally yoked. I used to think, yeah, I'm the unequally yoked one for him. But, but I think God began to deal with me. God began to say, hey, come on, let's not look at what you don't have. But even as we battle this excuse, look at to what we need to focus on who God is. You know, if you read, if you go to Luke verse 1, verse 38, here it talks about, oh, sorry, Luke 1, 38, sorry. Um, if you look about Mary, this is a story when Jesus came to Mary, uh, no, the angel came to Mary and told her she was pregnant, right? I loved Mary's response. Mary's response was, if you read on the earlier chapters, she said, all her, her, her question to the angel was, how can it be? That's it. It was just a question. If me, I'll be telling the angel, please, not me. Because different questions will come to my mind. God, I'm not rich enough. Why would you choose me, a 14-year-old girl who have never had a child before, and yet you're choosing me to raise the Son of God? I'm not married I, can't, I don't think my mom will accept this excuse that I'm pregnant. My mom probably think like, you know, what kind of excuse is that? But she didn't make these excuses to God. But she just replied to God and says, I am the Lord's servant. And she understood. She understood who her God was. You know, if you read on in chapter, verse 1, you don't have to turn to it, verse 1 to 44 to 47 to 55, she goes on and talks about how she's blessed. She goes on and she, she praises God for all that he has done. And she, she even repeats the words of the angel and said, many people will call me blessed. Wow, can you imagine the faith of a 14-year-old girl? She didn't question God. She didn't look down at her ability. But she began to understand that God, who God was. And the thing is, sometimes we know we need to focus on God. But sometimes we actually end up focusing on ourselves. You know, I remember when God challenged me to start preaching, I took a long time to reply to Pastor Sandra, who's our senior pastor, right? She asked me six months only later, only I replied her, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she asked me every, every other two months, like, I just ignored her. Um, but I remember like, I was like, but God, I'm like, I used to compare myself to my husband because I'm like, I'm not as funny as him. I'm not as eloquent as him. I don't know the Bible stuff as much as him. I'm very simple that way. But I felt, and the thing is this, even as I go through it, when I begin to look down at myself, you know what you, and all of us do it when we, we end up in that situation. You know what we end up doing? We actually end up digging a hole and we actually feel even more overwhelmed by that situation. Instead of overcoming, we end up feeling more overwhelmed and that's when we begin to shut off physically, uh, mentally. We'd be like, God, I can't do it. So I'll just shut off mentally. Come on, let's not begin to look down at ourselves, but let's begin to focus on who God is. Amen? Man, the last point is this. Sometimes we are just afraid to say yes to God. We are afraid because we are afraid that we will burn out by saying yes to God. Sometimes we are so scared to 
do more for God because we think that God is a God who will, de- who will ask the more for us. Every time we do more, we think God will ask more for us. And I want to say that God is not a God like that. You know, God is a good God and He wants to give us, He will stretch us, no doubt, but He's not a God who will demand everything that, you know, sometimes we think God will take away everything from us when we serve Him, but God is not a God like that. You know, He's more interested to give to us, to add to our lives instead of taking away from us. You know, uh, even as, uh, you know, I just started my job, and now I'm like, oh my God, my, my weekends are really precious. I'm like, I love my Saturdays and Sundays. And I'm like, but one part of me is like, because our church in Bristol meets on Saturday, right? And I'm like, God, it's going to start soon. <laughs> and one part of me really unknowingly, I started building. So because our, our church in Bristol starts on Saturday, so me and Pastor Dave will head down on the weekends on Saturday uh, for the day trip and then come back, up, come back up again and do church the next day. So it's a full day thing because by the time we get back from Bristol, it's 11 p.m. Uh, 11 to 12 p.m. And I'm like, one, unknowingly, a resentment began to come up in my heart. And I'm like, but God, once, I, once Bristol starts, I mean, I love Bristol, don't get me wrong. Let me start with this first. But one part of me was like, God, but when Bristol starts, I won't have a weekend for myself. I won't have time to go sleep in on a Saturday. I won't have time to go for brunch on a Saturday. I won't have time to spend with my husband on a Saturday. I won't have time to do anything on a Saturday but I'll be traveling every Saturday. And I begin to feel really angry, well, not angry, but uh, I'm like, God, I'm not looking forward to it. You know, I felt like, God, how come it feels like you're taking away my time? And I feel like, I was like, God, not looking forward to this. But I felt the Holy Spirit suddenly drop this into my heart. He says, really, Kat? The, actually, the perp- the, sometimes you think that I'm taking time away from you, but actually, my purpose in your life is the reason why you can do everything else in your life. Sometimes we think that giving on to God will take things away from us, will take our time, will take away our treasure, will take away our friends, will take away, restrict our life. But actually, when we do the work of God, it actually adds back. It actually gives us the reason why we do everything else in our lives. You know, if you read Matthew 6, verse 33, it says this. We know this scripture, it says, He will give you all that you need from day to day. If you live for me and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. And we always think that God will add in terms of physical. But even as we make, I realize that even as I make the purpose of God my priority, He will add back. His, his, his priority is the reason why I can do everything else in my life. He's the, his, priority, his purpose in my life is the reason why I go to work on the Mondays to Fridays. And I believe that God wants to begin to encourage us today. And God wants us to remind God even dropped, wants me to remind us that, hey, even ex-London, everyone here, come on, let's begin to understand the purpose. Let's begin to understand the purpose why you are placed here. No, if you read in Esther 4, verse 13, it says, uh, it says this, what more, who can say but that you have been elevated to the place, palace, but for just such a time as this. You can read the scripture, you can read this the story on later. But God wants me to remind us today, hey, all of us here have been placed wherever you are placed for such a time as this. And that's your purpose. No, Justin, you've been placed in your office in September in 2018 for such a time as this. No, Sam's been placed in Imperial. 
2018 for such a time as this. And all of us here have been placed in different places, in different campuses, in different workplaces, in different universities, in your different accommodation for such a time as this. And we need to begin to understand that's the purpose why God has placed us. You know, it's not just to get your degree, that's good, but that's more. There has to be the more that we need to seek from God. And we need to begin to understand the purpose because that purpose will direct everything else in your life. You know, that's the, that, that, you know, that even I was like, oh God, I don't go to Bristol every Saturday because I'll be so tired. But God said, no, that's the reason why that you actually think you can, you should go, you can actually go to work on Saturday, Monday to Friday. You know, the reason, the, yeah. And I just believe that God wants to encourage us today and remind us today, that's our purpose. Yeah. You know, never forget that's your purpose in your life. You no, know, even as I end this, no, I believe that throughout these different excuses, right, actually it talks about, it goes against our, it's just really the flesh talking. And we need to begin to battle this. And all of the thing, if you read through the Bible, it all starts with this, it starts with obedience. Whether we feel it or not, whether we're scared or not, it really starts with obedience. I shared about obedience earlier on in this. And, it, and the last point is this, God wants to use us. And I believe even as we enter in into September, UK is a funny time where September is almost a restart, like a new year. But God wants us to begin to understand and build and rebuild in our lives. You know, that's the theme for our year this year. And He wants to build certain foundations. He wants to build you to be even stronger than before. And He wants to even rebuild you even more. But the thing is this, we need to begin to understand and search our hearts. What are these excuses? Maybe it's not this tree, but what excuses have I been giving to God? What can I do about these excuses? You know, if you read Esther, she at first, um, she didn't want to go and meet the king. She didn't want to plead on behalf of her people. And then she was replied with this. She said, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance from the Jews will arise from some other place. And that's a scary thought. Because if we don't rise up, God is going to rise someone up. <laughs> and I don't want to go to heaven one day and God's like, actually, I had all this in store for you but you didn't want to rise up, so I'll get someone else to do it. Well, I believe that if me and Pastor Dave didn't answer the rise to London, God will rise up another couple or rise up someone else. But see, I will have missed the testimonies, the adventures that God has brought me. It's not easy, but it's an adventure. It's a testimony. It's a legacy that I keep for myself. It's a legacy that I can pass on. But the thing is this, if we don't rise up, if we don't allow God to use us, God's very gracious but if we don't allow to God to use us, God will rise, bring someone else yeah. and to, to, to bring someone else in this context to deliver the Jews. But in our context, God will raise someone else to do the, the things that he has destined us to do. And I don't think all of us want to go to heaven one day and like God could have played this. Gee, it could have been you. And that's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> it's a scary thought to think, oh, that could have been me. And I believe that God wants us to just, uh, just wants us to go back to that place again. Come on, let's begin. There's more. We can, like, you know, God, God, God is a God of so much more. Yeah. No, even as I get the worship team up. No, I believe that God just wants to minister to us today. No, um, why don't we just worship? And whatever it is, why don't you just surrender? You know, uh, whether you're here visiting or you're just starting your semester or you're going back, it doesn't matter. You know, God wants to build foundations in your life. God wants to get rid, not get rid, but God wants you to overcome the excuses that you have placed in your life. You know, 
that's got to that's got to be that more. God wants to expand you. And even as I stand here, as I have allowed in the last few years, God to expand me. It's painful at times, but it's an adventure, it's a testimony I wouldn't give up because there's more. You know. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning, God. Lord, I just pray. God, we just thank you. God, I just pray that even as we thank you for your reminder, we thank you that, God, that you have overcome it all, Father God. And I pray that, God, we will continuously, whatever excuses it is, that we have placed over our lives, that we have placed it as an excuse for not going in deeper with you. God, we want to lay it down at, the, at your feet this morning, oh God. God, I pray that you will help us, show us where we need to improve, show us that where we need to uh, get, um, in a sense, uh, move forward. And I pray that you will show us, Holy Spirit, you will show us what, how can we overcome, um, how can we move forward. And I pray that you will just use all of us here, begin to remind us, all of us here, have a purpose to play that you have placed us here for such a time as this you have placed us here in London in Malaysia in different places that you have placed us in you have placed us here for such a time as this and I pray that you will never help us to lose sight of that purpose but instead that purpose will be our guiding factor in everything that we do oh Father God God I just want to commit this time unto you God we just want to say that God we just surrender ourselves unto you again oh God and I pray that you just take over oh God in Jesus Jesus name I pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.